Blog Talk Radio.
Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. Tragedies are commonplace. And so we know that the world that we live in, there is so much going on. But we praise God for this opportunity to share with our listeners on today. This is Global Gospel, and I'm your host, Reverend Lamar Townsend. And we are here every Saturday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at www.blogtalkradio.com slash global hyphen gospel. And so you have time to tell your family, your friends, and your neighbors, even tell your enemies to log on uh, to Global Gospel, for there is something that is going to be said that someone needs to hear. We want you to know that we do not own the rights to any of the music that you hear on today, but we pray that it is a blessing to you, to you, and to you. Uh, Well, we want our listeners to know uh, that we are on, uh, our call-in number is 619-924-0800. We are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Tumblr. So go to our page, like, and share. Uh, We uh, want to get the message out there. We want you to know that we're we're syndicated on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And certainly you can listen to us any time of day or night, even when we are not live, as such at the current time. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for sharing with us today. If you need to reach Global Gospel, uh, you can contact us at P.O. Box 5331. That is in Hempstead, New York, where the zip code is 11550. If you'd like to email us, you can email globalgospel17 at gmail.com. Again, we will be uh, delighted and excited to hear from you on today. We thank God for all of our sponsors. We want to thank God for MPT Enterprise, Marlin Townsend, Abyssinia, Melanated Beards, uh, uh, Molina's Factory, uh, Nationwide, uh, Black Family Mediation Services, uh, Honor Thy Sweets, Nevaeh's Cake Creations. Uh, thank God for uh, the families that are listed, Townsend Family, the Norman Family, the Scott Family, the Furman Family, uh, the Steven Fa- Stevenson Family. Uh, wherever you are and whoever you are, thank God, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Maryland, Delaware, uh, Michigan, Illinois, California, uh, Florida, Georgia, we thank God for you. And then we have people listening in Canada, Mexico, Jamaica, West Indies, Brazil, uh, India, Myanmar, uh, South Korea, Australia, uh, South Africa, New Zealand, uh, Nigeria, Spain, uh, the United Kingdom, uh, Italy. Wherever you are, we thank God for you, you, and you for tuning in with Global Gospel on today. And certainly we do have an awesome lineup for you on today. Uh, We want you to know, for those of you that have tuned in for the first time, that uh, we are, our theme scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. It says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And certainly our message today is that uh, no one uh, be lost, no one be left behind, because we present to you today the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is glad tidings which is the good news to the rich, the poor, the black, the white, uh, to those that are uh, down and out, those that are oppressed, uh, to uh, 
wherever country you are, whatever state you're in, uh, we thank God for you. You are God's uh, child. And we want you to know that Jesus came to save, to heal, to deliver, and set free, that the gospel is comprehensive. It meets every need in your life, your spiritual need, your emotional need, your financial need, your health need. The gospel is here today to free you, and the gospel is holistic. And so that's why we're here today, because we need to be whole in every area of our lives. Uh, There's a song that says, um, God wants to heal you everywhere you hurt. And certainly we're hurting in so many ways, in so many areas, and so God wants to heal you. He wants you to be empowered mentally uh, so that you can go on and take on the challenges of the world. And certainly our guests are here today, and certainly we are going to uh, take a brief break, and certainly we will be back with our guests. Again, we thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing in this uh, time with us at Global Gospel. And as we continue on today, as we discuss what's going on, I want you to know that God is on our side. Stay tuned and be blessed. You know, they got an old saying going around now. Saying that God is... today and I am going to allow them to introduce themselves on today. Ladies first, God bless you, special guest. Tell us who you are. Thank you so much, Reverend, for having us on the show. My name is Kate Corrigan and I'm a student activist. I have been fighting for people's right to bodily autonomy since uh, April right now. Um, I was faced with a being mandated to get the COVID-19 vaccine and show proof of a negative COVID test for graduation from my master's degree at Earlham School of Religion. I had received my master's in peace and social transformation 
um, at the seminary school, Earlham School of Religion. And I was able to overturn their policy for mandating me to get the vaccine and show proof of a negative COVID test. And since then, I've been helping thousands of Americans, um, as well as uh, people internationally file religious exemptions successfully uh, through, through creating Students Against Mandates. Awesome. Well, we thank you, Kate Corrigan, for sharing with us today. And our next special guest. Yes, uh, my name's John Gilmore, and um, I uh, am the Executive Director of uh, Children's Health Defense NY. Um, that's the New York chapter of Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s organization. And I also work with an organization I founded about oh, 15 years ago called um, the Autism Action Network. Um, uh, that was formed by a group of parents whose children um, were injured by vaccines um, as, as infants usually and uh, um, developed developmental delays, which were later diagnosed as autism. And so essentially I've been an activist and activist, uh, um, advocate ever since. I do um, a good bit of lobbying in Albany and uh, in Washington on issues related to vaccine injury and vaccine rights and uh, developmental disability um, issues and uh, autism-related issues. And I've been doing, well, actually, about 20 years. And uh, thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, uh, John, for uh, sharing with us today as well. And um, so there is no secret what is uh, what we're all faced with today. And usually um, sometimes issues are very isolated, as you uh, suggested about uh, autism or what particularly goes on a particular school or college campus. Uh, but the last uh, more than a year now, we've been faced with a uh, pandemic. And so it didn't just uh, affect one isolated group in one place of the world, but this was a worldwide situation. And so uh, many of you as uh, have been already involved in um, the the fight, the struggle, or um, uh, speaking up for uh, those that cannot speak for themselves. But, um, okay, so we've been hit with this. And so um, you are involved in your own organizations. And so tell us, in the past um, year or so, how has life changed for you all? Do um, you want to go first, Kate? You've had uh, quite a year. Sure, I, I can go first, definitely. Uh, so basically, um, last year I was in my one-year master's program at Earlham School of Religion, and I have a long-standing religious exemption to vaccination. It was accepted everywhere I went when I was a child. It was accepted for college, my four-year uh, bachelor's degree, and then accepted for my master's program. And the pandemic hit, and my school was all online, and obviously the graduation was going to be in person uh, this past May. And on April 1st, I received an email from my from the administration of the university telling everyone that we would all be required to show proof of vaccination and proof of a negative COVID test to attend graduation. So I kindly reminded my college that I have a longstanding religious exemption to vaccination, and I look forward to seeing you next month at graduation. Uh, very quickly after that, uh, I received an email saying that they would not be accepting my religious exemption for this round. 
And my school was located in Indiana, and Indiana has some of the best uh, laws to protect religious freedom as well as religious uh, exemption rights in the country. And so I had contacted the senator in my district in Indiana, Senator Roth, as well as the attorney general of Indiana, and I filed two complaints with the Indiana Commissioner uh, for Higher Education as well as the Indiana Commissioner for Civil Rights. And both of these groups individually did their own investigations um, in regards to this uh, mandate that Earlham College had um, announced, but in addition to denying my long-standing religious exemptions that I have had the entire time I was a student, um, which was over five years now. And uh, actually a month later, Earlham College actually changed their entire policy from requiring proof of COVID-19 vaccination as well as proof of a negative COVID test to simply recommending it, which was really incredible. I was so happy to um, find this news out that I was going to be able to attend graduation, but also the fact that I was able to change the policy for all attendees of graduation, um, which I think was really incredible. Um, but what followed after um, was a, a lot, I think, to handle as as a young person, um, a graduate student who is still trying to navigate all that is happening right now in, in this world of, of division, um, I received countless of messages and emails from my colleagues, from fellow students, from professors, um, from alumni, and even the president that were defaming my character, saying that I was some conspiracy theorist, a right-wing nut, um, somebody who believed that Jews ruled the world. I mean, the, the defamation of character was just endless. And I was scared for my own safety as well as my family's safety to go to graduation. So I requested security at graduation. I had sent a, a long email to the president of the school, President Ann Houtman, requesting her to provide security at graduation. Um, and I copied and sent her all of the defamatory emails that were sent to myself and to other people on various platforms all over social media that were attached to Earlham College. And my, um, the president of the school emailed me back and all she said was laugh out loud and then find her name. Um, so the, I mean, I really realized how much hatred and anger uh, these schools or institutions have for people that have differing opinions. You know, the fact that I was unvaccinated was a very private and personal um, or personal information. And I had never really shared that information. Conversation of vaccinations never came up for me. Um, and I, I lost every friend that I had over this situation. Um, but I will never get the COVID-19 vaccine or any other vaccine for that matter. Um, I hold sincere and, and deeply held religious beliefs that make me exempt from vaccination. But in addition to that, there's something that must be said in regards to all of the major um, adverse reactions that people, and particularly in my generation, are having to these vaccinations and it's destroying people's lives. And unfortunately, that information is heavily censored. I mean, there's doctors, renowned doctors and scientists all over the world that are trying to speak out on this issue and they're being threatened with their own livelihoods. 
Um, and so it's so important, no matter who you are, um, you don't have to be an attorney or a doctor or a scientist to speak out on the information that you know that is the truth. Um, it's all our responsibility to, to speak the truth, um, even if you stand alone. And I was the only person that was standing up at my university in Indiana. Um, and it was, it was really hard for me. And I, you know, the more, more cases of, of people having major uh, severe adverse reactions to the vaccine and how it's hitting my generation. I mean, it, there's something, um, and people should be asking themselves this, why was it the college students that got hit with these vaccination mandates in the beginning? Um, you know, the, the people that were suffering most from COVID um, were people in a much um, older age category that had pre-existing health conditions. 85% of COVID deaths were people that were either um, morbidly obese, obese or severely overweight. Um, and so, and like I said, had other pre-existing conditions and over the age of 75. So why were 20 year olds being mandated to get this vaccine first? Um, lots of questions that that still remain unanswered, but we need to continue to live in the question. Um, but since then, I, I founded Students Against Mandates um, to help college students specifically uh, with these vaccine mandates. And now almost every American is being faced with them throughout the country uh, and many other countries around the world are being faced with these vaccine mandates. So um, I've been helping people with religious exemptions as I am a divinity student now at Boston University. And, um, and so I have information on my website if anybody needs help with filing a religious exemption, studentsagainstmandates.com. Um, I hope that, I, I know I went on for a little bit explaining my, um, my personal uh, path with, with all of these mandates and, and activism, um, but I think I, I covered a lot there. Do you want to go, John? Well, 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 before John, before you go. Uh, before you sure. uh, continue on, um, I have uh, Kate. Uh, I, first, I want to commend you uh, for standing on your uh, religious convictions and also for your bravery. Um, I have several questions uh, that I that I would like to ask, uh, but I'm going to let uh, John uh, continue, and then I'll I'll come back to my questions. I'm sure the audience has questions as well. Go ahead, John. Well, my year hasn't been anywhere near as as dramatic as um, as Kate's has been, uh, uh, as, at least as far as my my personal experience. Um, you know, getting thrown out of school or attempted thrown out of school and so on. Um, I you know I, I take COVID very seriously. Um, my mother was uh, uh, we live in New York, and she was in a nursing home, and she was one of the people who. When they put, uh, when Governor Cuomo decided to put people with active COVID cases uh, into the nursing homes, um, she contracted it and passed away last April. So this is not something I take lightly, um, but uh, it's, uh, uh, we're in this very, very complicated issue. There is, um, uh, we don't know a lot about uh, COVID, yet our government agencies, um, our political leaders, are acting as if they know everything and making uh, sweeping decisions for millions of people that they have never made uh, in the United States before. And as we're seeing time and time again with the flip-flopping 
um, on on the course that we're taking, uh, they really don't have the um, the uh, uh, either the authority or the knowledge base to make these decisions that that are 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 um, always been made by individuals in consultation with their doctors. And I think we're we're heading into uh, we are in a very very dangerous situation. Really fundamental rights. Um, of all the people in the United States uh, are being taken away. Um, and I think the main reason this is happening is, one, because immense amounts of money are being made by very, very powerful uh, groups uh, in, uh, involved in COVID. Um, Pfizer, for example, just announced that they expect to make $91 billion in sales of their uh, a COVID shot. And to put that in perspective, uh, in 2019, before COVID, the entire world vaccine market was about $25 billion. The whole world, all the vaccines together in 2019. And in one year now, you have Pfizer making $91 billion, right? And I think that is really sort of influencing what's going on where the political decisions are coming down. Because the policy in the United States now, at least at the federal level, and in some states like New York where I live and California and some others, is that it's everybody's got to get vaccinated no matter what, right? And there's no scientific data to back that up. And the argument really falls apart when, they, when you consider that about 100 million Americans now, myself included, had contracted COVID and recovered. And we have natural immunity, um, the exact same type that we get um, with other diseases. You get it once, and then you get natural immunity to it. And the government simply is not recognizing that that basic scientific fact exists. So in the organizations I work with, uh, the, the uh, Children's Health Defense and Autism Action Network, uh, what we're trying to do is sort of bring this information out to people so they know this stuff is going on, and also to protect their rights, one, to keep their medical, their own personal medical information private. It's none of my boss's business what's going on with me medically, right? That's the way it is with everything, right? Why is it different than this? And that in addition to that, um, since when does does a school or a private employer or, or a city government have the authority to tell people what medical procedures they must um, uh, take. So this is, these are the issues that we're really focusing on right now. Wow. I'll throw it um, back to you, Reverend. So, John, uh, first of all, sorry for your uh, loss in this uh, particular Thank season. You. And um, also commend you as well on your stand and your uh, beliefs and convictions. And so um, you brought up, and I want uh, our listeners to know our number in studio, 619-924-0800, because I know that people are listening and uh, they may have a question. Um, and I have several questions as well. Um, so, Kate, you um, brought up, um, and both of you brought up the whole HIPAA issue. And I think uh, last year HIPAA went out the window, and I've worked in um, the medical f- <laughs> right. I worked in the medical field before, and uh, that was something 
that was very serious um, that you cannot discuss another person's, uh, you know, health issues and medications and sickness and disease. And, you know, that's that's your personal business. And then, um, uh, Kate, you mentioned about um, you brought up the whole religious aspect. And here you are in America's Indiana, I think you said, uh, America's heartland. And, yes. and to to, re- to receive um, religious persecution and uh, to be ostracized in such a way on a mass level is just horrible. Um, and so what I would like to know, um, I'll start with that, um, in your experience in uh, school and you, you're dealing with um, administration as well as students, was there anyone else that um, felt that that even stood with you or said at least, okay, you're on the right track? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the beginning, um, I was kind of fighting this battle silently. I didn't really um, express to anyone um, that I was just trying to reaffirm the rights that uh, were protected previously for me at my university where they had accepted my longstanding religious exemption. Um, But I started speaking publicly um, after this all happened, especially after the president had uh, responded laugh out loud when I requested security at graduation Um, because my school was trying to silence me. I was actually um, invited to speak at graduation and they removed me from um, sharing a poem that I had written to share at graduation because I'm a poet. And then I was removed from my online summer class as I had one last requirement to complete my degree, which was an online summer class after graduation. And I was removed from that one. Um, and what's so crazy is it was online. This wasn't in person um, where they were concerned of maybe contracting COVID or whatnot. It was all online. And so this cancel culture has no, has no, 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 no limits to it. Um, but when I was removed from the online summer class, that was, um, when I, I realized I need to speak out about this because I cannot be the only person in the country that um, will not be taking this vaccine or um, will not be taking other vaccines uh, to participate in getting a fair and equal education because I was denied that. So um, that's when I started speaking out and um, that's how I connected with Children's Health Defense. So I'm really grateful. I met John back in uh, June and um Mr. Robert F. Kennedy invited me to uh, invited me to do a podcast with him. So um, I was able to uh, really share my story at different rallies and whatnot. Um, and prior to that, I had never attended a, a rally in support of um, bodily autonomy, freedom of choice of whether you want to be vaccinated or not. Um, but I will say that you know talking about uh, how religious freedom is the foundation of our nation um, at this time. It's very frustrating to think about how, um, you know, our First Amendment of the United States Constitution does protect our right to practice our religion freely, and that protects the religious and the non-religious. Depending on what your faith is, um, you have a God-given right to practice that faith in our nation. Um, and I, I will say many um ancestors in my family came to America seeking religious freedom. I have lots of um, nuns and bishops and priests in my family that came from Ireland to America. Um, 
fighting for uh, freedom um, during the entire like British occup- occupation of, of Ireland. Um, and so religious freedom means a lot to me and my family. Um, and, and that's why I had never really been put in this type of situation before um, where I was kind of called out um, and had to explain myself. I got lots of emails from, from my colleagues saying, well, you need to explain yourself. And, you know, one thing that's very frustrating with religious exemptions right now is that um, we do have to explain ourselves in our religious exemptions, but that's an infringement of our rights. Um, you shouldn't have to explain your religious beliefs and then see if it's going to be accepted or not. Um, you know, religious freedom has, should have no boundaries whatsoever. There's no limitations put in the Constitution saying, oh, well, you can practice your religion up until this point. Um, it's freedom of, of religious freedom. Right. And, and that, that's um, uh, really a serious issue. And um, I do have some callers, but um, John, I just want to, before I take my callers, uh, I just want to, uh, you brought up um, the uh, political, uh, financial um, side of this. And I know you live right. in New York and pretty much the same right. geographical area as I, we, before a long time ago. Um, right. So, um, and we're in election season. <laughs> As well, and yes. so many of our uh, politicians are running. Um, well, I don't live in New York City, but there's a big issue in New York City, and my concern right. is that New York City is only a 30-minute, uh, 15, 20-minute train ride from Nassau County to New sure. York City, and so the same issues that uh, employees of New York City, the fire department, the police department, the educators, the same issues they're having there. Uh, we can eventually have them here. Uh, Dr. King said injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Uh, and so um, as people are pushing this political and financial agenda, what should we be aware of? Um, well, I think they need to be aware that there is that political and, and, and enormous financial aspect to it. You know, I think people sometimes think these these decisions are made, uh, you know, only with people's uh, health uh, uh, in mind, and that's that's simply not the case, you know. So that's the first thing, um, and I think people need to become aware of. They need to get in contact with the uh, the candidates uh, or their websites to find uh, wherever they happen to live to find out where they are on these issues, um, you know. And and we've got a pretty uh, it's, it's a pretty sordid tale that we've seen here. I mean, for example, you know, uh, with with Mayor De Blasio, um, he originally with the employees of the city of New York, uh, he said you either get the shot, okay, which we don't think he has the authority to do, or you can get the test, which we don't think he has the authority to do that either. But it's better than forcing people to get a shot, which they may have medical or personal or religious reasons to. To, to not take. And um, just weeks later, he, he flip-flopped on that and said, no, no, you can't, have, um, you can't have the option of taking the test. And that's the reason why we're going through this situation now where it appears that thousands of, of city employees, um, the, the firefighters are probably getting the most attention, but this affects the police, the sanitation department, all city employees. So, and uh, it looks like uh, he is so uh, uh, 
committed to forcing as many people to get the shot as possible, that he's willing to see the city shut down firehouses, to cut back on, on sanitation services, to basically fundamentally, in a big way, interfere with all the services that the, that the essential services that the city is supposed to provide and just to do this, right? And you see the same thing with the governor, Governor Hochul, right? Um, her real focus has been on the health care workers, right? Now, just think about it. These, she, she has told the health care workers that either they either have to get this shot, right, or they're going to get fired. Now, most of these people are the heroes of 2020. These are the people who stayed on the job in the spring of last year when things were so horrible, right? And many of them got COVID as a result of it and have recovered, right? Now, these aren't, these aren't uneducated people. These are people who, who understand COVID far better than the governor does, and they understand the COVID shot far better than the other do, uh, governor does. And in their professional opinion, they've decided not to get it, and she wants to fire them by the tens of thousands, right? Um, you know, and this, if people think this isn't going to have a profound effect on, on the delivery of health care, uh, you know, just, just wait to see what happens. So we've got this really, really strange uh, commitment just to forcing people to get their shots no matter what. And one thing that was really disappointing is Eric Adams, who is running for mayor of New York, when he was in the primary, before he was the Democratic candidate, he was saying he was opposed to mandates, right? And he, he, he won the primary election. Now he's a Democrat's candidate for, for mayor, you know? And I think Democrats outnumber Republicans in New York City eight to one, so he's probably going to win. But just a few days ago, he completely flip-flopped his position. He says, I'm all for it. I'm all for de Blasio's um, uh, position on, on, on firing all these employees. So... Um, there's, you know, it's 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 a really really bad situation. Um, fortunately, the worst, and of course, New York has the vaccine passports, right? That hasn't seemed to leak out of New York City yet. But as you pointed out, we very very well may may have to deal with that. So people need to be aware. They need to get informed. Childrenshealthdefense.org is a great place to do that. So is AutismActionNetwork.org. And uh, get in touch with the organizations like uh, Students Against Mandates that Kate works with, because we're also, you know, Kate is helping people with religious exemptions, but they're all, she's also, and like we are, organizing people to protect their rights. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm going to take our um, first caller, um, and okay. we do want everyone to, uh, our callers, uh, be respectful. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but uh, be respectable. Um, caller, hello. Caller, caller, are you there? Okay, we are going to move on to the next one. Caller, hello, hello, hello. Yes, hello. Yes. Yeah. Good afternoon. What's up? This is um. This is Teddy. Good afternoon. Calling, calling in. I heard um the first person speaking. I didn't get a chance to um hear the whole. The whole um, uh, story that you guys are doing, but I am uh, just really brief. I won't keep on keep the other calls waiting. I am a 17-year uh, city employee for the uh, teachers, 
and I am one of the teachers that uh, have taken a stand. So right now I am unemployed, I am unpaid, and not happy with what's going on uh, in the city. Uh, I understand this yesterday was the last day for uh, fire firefighters, police officers, um, uh, MTA sanitation to either get the jab or or just understand that they won't have a job on this Monday. So I'm actually kind of hoping and praying that they hold their line, hold the line, and come Monday there's a big fiasco in New York City where there's fires everywhere, there's people getting fired, uh, there's crime going through the roof, just for De Blasio, and of course trash all over the streets. Just so De Blasio can say, oops, even though I think he's really, really stubborn because he doesn't really care. He's firing all these people like myself. Um, but whatever you guys are doing, speaking up, I appreciate it. Keep it up. And whatever help you can offer, I'm definitely willing to uh, listen and take it. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Reverend, can I address that? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, first off, caller, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry that um, you've lost your job. And, um, but I, I, I commend you for your uh, you know, living by your convictions and doing what you think is right, because we need a lot more of that. Um, as you're probably aware, there are uh, many lawsuits. Um, we have one, uh, uh, Children's Health Defense New York, um, that's making its way through the courts. Um, hopefully that could provide some sort of um, relief. Um, I'm not I'm not hugely optimistic when it comes to courts in general. I'm not there you got to file the lawsuits absolutely we've got to support them. We got to try and get the courts to do the right thing. But I think what this is really going to take is just just thousands and thousands of people such as yourself, the laid-off teachers, the laid-off other workers as well, um, getting together and demanding change. And um you're probably not you're not going to get it from De Blasio. He's he's out of office here in a few weeks anyway. But we have to lean heavily on Eric Adams. We have to lean on the city council members, and we have to lean on the state legislators as well. I mean, you know, if you step back and think about it, the the most of the politicians in New York are trying to be as invisible as possible, right? They're not drawing any attention to themselves. They don't want to touch this thing. Well, I think we need to force them to touch this, right? Because in the long run, we're going to, the Blasio is going to be gone. These things are, are on shaky um, authority on what they're doing. We're going to have to press the uh, legislators to basically do the right thing and repeal what um, – de Blasio and Hochul are trying to do, and I think that's possible. And we haven't even got into Biden as well, but I don't want to even go there just for time's sake. So I'll I'll throw it back to you, Evan. All right. Uh, thank you, uh, caller, uh, and uh, thank you, uh, John, for sharing with uh, caller. Uh, we are going to uh, move on to our um, next caller. Uh Caller, are you there? Hello? Caller? Can you hear yes. me? Hello? Yes. Oh, hi. Uh, hi. I'm, I'm calling in uh, about a question. So I, I also applied for a religious exemption. I'm, I'm a teacher, um, and uh, I'm, I have some friends in the city right now applying, 
and some of them are getting uh so i have a friend that applied this week and uh, and literally yesterday he got hit uh with a response from his employer to fill out uh a supplemental form uh asking questions like have you ever been vaccinated check check these boxes have you ever taken any sort of any medications check these boxes and they also asked to provide any additional information to confirm uh, why they object to this vaccine because according to them uh, there are uh, like Moderna and the Pfizer don't contain any uh, aborted fetal cell uh, tissue or whatever it is and my friend is concerned because he, he already sent his letter in but he, me and him are, are talking about it and we feel like they are setting up a trap and I was wondering how he, he needs to respond back by Monday he has to send this form back and I'm wondering what is the best strategy to replying to a form like this. So that's my question. Definitely. I, I can try to answer this one. Uh, so I'm wondering, before this form that was sent out, did your friend send in a religious exemption letter, like write their own um, religious belief down on a multiple-page letter that they wrote? Yes. He submitted an official pastoral-approved uh, a religious exemption letter. He he had his own letter, and he had a, a an, an approval, an, a, an additional letter from his pastor as well. Okay, so I strongly believe that these forms are a trap. Um, long before COVID, um, like I've filed religious exemptions everywhere I've gone from when I was a child to now as an adult, um, and I've never seen forms like these before in my life. Um, I will say that. Um, in, in your religious exemption, I, I have a template and an outline on my website, studentsagainstmandates.com, and it goes into all of the things um, that you should not do in your religious exemption and what to do. Um, but I will say that it is important in your religious exemption to explain that if you were previously vaccinated, to be honest with that, your religious beliefs can change. So even if you were previously vaccinated, your beliefs can change. Um, but in regards to the abortion issue, abortion is not enough of a reason to claim a religious exemption to all vaccines, as some do not contain aborted fetal cells. So um, also, if you are a Catholic, you know, the providing only the reason of, of being against abortion in your religious exemption is not strong enough because Catholics are, are having a more difficult time than those of other faiths. But um, there are many other reasons that you can um, claim a religious exemption to vaccination. That includes that it's a betrayal of your faith, um, the fact that uh, vaccines or being vaccinated false forces you to um, fall into this category of this false idolization of vaccinations, um, this false sense of protection and safety when all that protects and saves you is your faith and God or your higher power or the divine. Um, you know, this, this concept of vaccinations, um, really now in our society, we see that it's, a, it's become like a cult, right? I mean, people idolize these vaccinations. And if you're a person of faith, um, regardless of what that faith is, um, you put your full faith and trust in, in God. 
um, you know, the, 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 there's more um, reasonings you can go into the fact that your body um, is created perfectly in the image of God. And to be vaccinated would be to question the fact that your body or your body and your immune system um, were not created perfectly, that they um, need salvation from man because vaccines are created by man. Um, so there's lots of other reasonings, depending on your faith, that you can claim a religious exemption. But the issue of abortion is not enough um, because not all vaccines contain aborted fetal cells. Um, all vaccines do contain blood. Okay, that's a whole other reasoning that you can go into. Um, that your your body must be kept holy, pure, and clean, made in the image of God or your higher power. And to be vaccinated would be to alter that image. Um, so there's many other reasonings. Um, there's lots of information on my website. And then I also have workshops once a week to help people. And these workshops are three hours. So we go into a lot of other things in depth. Um, but as far as the form, my recommendation is that you um, write a stronger religious exemption or your friend write a stronger religious exemption. The national average for a religious exemption is five to eight pages. Um, and that's single space. Um, and so uh, follow the outline on, on my website um, and you need to explain more than just abortion. It's okay if you, if you include that, if that's important in your faith, right? Be honest. Um, uh, so you can add that in, but you need other reasoning. I hope that helps. Yeah, yeah, it does. Can you hear me still? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, you had calls? I just wanted, I wanted to add one more thing. I think in his letter he he stated because he he shared his letter with me he stated multiple reasons it was also he also stated uh, the spike protein that that manipulates the cells to create things that weren't in there like his letter is strong I think they're just trying to knock him off with this uh, aborted fetal cells in 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 normal uh, medications because when I had my be. hearing yeah when I had my hearing that's what they focused on. Right, right. Well, I will say as far as the medication, vaccination has nothing to do with medication, right? I mean, all vaccines contain blood, right? And when you put that and inject that into your, your bloodstream, um, your body cannot remain holy, pure, and clean, creating the image of God. There's no way possible for that to happen. So, um, like I said, the issue of blood is much is a, a very strong argument, I think, for all faiths to explain. Um, so, if someone was to ask me about what medications I take, it's none of their business. This is a religious exemption to vaccination. Right. Okay? Um, and, and you got to hold your ground with that. But it could be true that, um, you know, the, these, some of these companies and these schools are just being really tyrannical and trying to just deny everyone. But you got to hold your ground. I mean, we, I, I definitely appreciate the last caller that was on as well. We need to um, stand true to our convictions and beliefs. And mass noncompliance is the only way that we're going to be able to overcome this because, you know, if, if someone says, oh, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get the vaccine. You cannot uh, submit or try to negotiate with your abuser, right? Because our government is acting like an abuser at this point. You cannot try to submit and say, okay, well, I'll just do this and then something will change. No, the mandates are going to keep coming. I mean, I've already hearing people tell me that in certain states, they're being mandated to get the booster vaccine, even if you were previously got the first or the, the first two shots. So you've got to hold the line um, and, and stay true to your, to, to, to your beliefs and fight for it. Should he check those boxes off, though? That's the question. Um, I mean, I, I think that some of the questions could probably be checked off, but you need to submit something else. 
to go along with it because they're tricky questions probably in that in that form. Thank you. Right. You're welcome. All right. Thank you. Um, if, if I could add something to that caller, just just go ahead briefly. There's there's I, I think your inclination is that they're trying to set him up to turn him down is probably correct, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be able to do it. So um, uh, and another thing is just that uh, all of the vaccines for COVID available in the United States right now use aborted fetal tissue at some stage of the production or testing process, right? Other vaccines do as well, right? So um, just for our other listeners, just they need to know that and um, they need to keep that in mind as well. So I just want to throw that in there. Wow. Um, so I, I learned something. Yeah, you learn as you go. And um, so I do have some um, other questions Um one person says, what do you do when a religious exemption ejected, which I think our last caller was alluding to that, um, if it does happen. But um, this person is saying, what do you do if it is rejected? Um, well, it, it depends, I think, on uh, uh, who you work for. Um, I think if you if you work for... Um, the state or the city, uh, there will be lawsuits or lawsuits in place specifically about the denial of religious exemptions. We'll have to see how that goes with the courts. Um, if you're a private employer, my inclination is to say um, you may have to file a, a lawsuit, which would be very expensive. And um, But I think as We've been saying, I think in the long run, the courts really aren't going to be the answer here. It's going to require political action by the people to reverse this. And we're, this is this is not going to be a quick one and done here, right? The, right? the powers that be are trying to profoundly change how we live and the power relationship between government and major corporations and the, every, and the people, right? And this is a very, very serious threat to many of our institutions, our right to uh, live by our own religious beliefs, the, the right to work, the right to have property, um, just fundamental, fundamental life necessities um, are going to become conditional based on what the government happens to want to tell us to do. So we've got a big political battle ahead of us, and I'm sure Kate has more to say on this as well so i'd like to hear what she has to say too yeah so definitely thanks. i'll just i'll just add thank you thank you john for that i mean i'll i'll add too that that we we need to come together i think at this point because there's so many i mean every every day i hear a different group of of employees and maybe in a different state that are being mandated and the mandates are just going to keep coming until we say no more and we have to resist this type of tyranny because if not like i said the the booster mandates are are coming they're already here for many um for some healthcare workers in different states and we have to uh we have to draw the line um when enough is going to be enough because soon they're going to be coming for the children already um pfizer has approved the uh the vaccine for five to 12 year old children and there's no stopping 
the the powers that be to um, to mandate children and what's going to happen then. Um, oftentimes, I hear I hear parents say, "Oh, well, I'll get I'll get the vaccine, but when they come for my children, that's going to be um, enough." But we need we need everyone to to not comply, um, and it's it's hard. It's it's very difficult, especially if you're at a smaller company and maybe there's not many people speaking up. Perhaps you're the only one. Um, you know, I mean, this, this whole time it's divided families. Um, people have ended friendships over this. It's, it's, it's huh. tragic, but at the same time, there's something really beautiful happening. Um, and I, I've attended quite a few rallies in, in New York City, and, and John can um, attest to this as well. There's people of so many different backgrounds that are standing up to tyranny, people that maybe have never thought, oh, I'll see eye to eye with this particular person. I mean, there were, um, there's Patriots. More recently, um, the Patriots and, and Black Lives Matter have been working together at, at different rallies. Um, there's people who are lifelong vegetarians or hippies, um, people of all different races, uh, people of all different religions. Um, I mean, the, the Orthodox Jewish community has, has come out to a lot of different events. And so you're seeing all these different people from all different walks of life that are coming together because the media will say, oh, this is a Democrat versus a Republican issue. And that's not true. This is a, an American issue. This is an issue about freedom. And I think that what we're seeing in New York City, especially with more mandates hitting the police officers, the firefighters, the city workers, um, is we have seen more and more people come out. And that's what we need. Um, you know, it, it's a shame we didn't have uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of people at the, at the rallies back in um, over the summertime, but it's, it's beautiful things are happening. Um, people are finding other ways to make money, whether that's for, for teachers particularly, whether that's starting their own tutoring companies. There's lots of parents that want to homeschool, um, especially with the mandates coming for their children. So we're going to figure out a way to rely upon ourselves. And that's not what the, what the powers that be want. They want us dependent on them. Um, but we need to become de uh, independent. Awesome. Um, so I do want to say, so Nita uh, says that this has become a problem across the U.S. and Georgia. They're trying to make it a mandate for health care workers. They're also not wanting, uh, they're not allowing religious exemptions and health reasons. And so we, we need to know that this is um across the board and so something else was uh, across the country uh, something else i wanted to say um john you represent the uh children's uh health defense. health defense right right and so um and kate just mentioned how um the vaccines now five to twelve so it's getting younger and younger and you know i must confess we all uh many of us uh 20 30 years ago in order to go to school our parents we got our shots our measles, mumps, rubella, whatever it was. Um, but certainly I don't think that we were as educated 20, 30 years ago as to what, um, as, uh, as to uh, health care, as to uh, holistic medicine, as to other political agendas. And so I don't think, you know, some, the question was asked on the forum, have you ever had a vaccination? You know, this is something different. We don't know what the effect is 20 years from now. And so I right. think we, that's a no concern clue. for a lot of people. And so now we're, our backs are against the wall. You have to choose, okay, am I going to pay my mortgage this month? Am I going to pay my light bill? 
or am I just going to get a shot so I can pay those things or worry about getting another job? And in some cases, I believe that if you are on leave from a job, you are not allowed to get another job. So this is a control factor that's totally out of control. It is, you know, and there's this, this, there's so many issues that you touched upon here. Um, the, the, the government hasn't even told us what's in the shots. Okay, they have not released a complete list of the ingredients of the vaccines yet, right? And there was a hearing a couple of days ago to authorize the, um, the shot for the 5 to the 11-year-olds that uh, Kate was talking about. And if you, in that transcript, they said, we don't know what the long-term effects are going to be. We're just going to have to give it to the kids and find out. So they want to use the entire population of children in the United States essentially as guinea pigs for this COVID experiment. And the, the fact is, kids don't get COVID well, at a tiny, tiny, tiny rate. It's the flu, the ordinary flu is more dangerous for typical children than the COVID. That's according to the, the government's own statistics, right? So when you're talking about giving this to kids, you're not talking about health, okay? You're talking about power and money like I was talking about before. So we're, we're in a different world, you know? Um, and where is this going to stop? They're already talking about a third shot. They're talking about a fourth shot. Whoever heard of a vaccine where you have to have four of them in a year to work. I'm the typical childhood vaccines are you get it once and that's it. Why? Because for most people, those things tend to work. This one clearly doesn't. It clearly wears off after a couple of weeks or months. So um, this is a different animal altogether and this is a different game that they're proposing going forward. So, you know, I know the caller is worried about his job and they should be. But it's going to get a whole lot bigger than that real soon. Okay. Um, I have another question, and I'm going to try to wrap it up. Uh, we are uh, we're actually going into overtime. But, Carla, you have a question? I don't know. Question. Carla? Hello? Yes. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, uh, uh, hi again. Um, yeah, I just had a quick question uh, as far as uh, – like about I'm a DOE employee, expired DOE employee anyway, and they put put really big restrictions on us as far as um, we we can't get employment anywhere else during this time period since we're not back, and neither will we be able to attain uh, unemployment. So uh, my question is, if I did attain, let's say I went to McDonald's and got employed, how would they be able to find that out? Or even for that matter, what if I was already working at McDonald's as a second part-time job in the evening? What do I That's do? a good like, question. I don't have an answer for you. Finish? Well, you know, I would I would think, you know, if you're a DOE employee, you've paid a great amount of union dues over the years. And I would think your union would be giving you guidance on that, but I guess they're well, not. The union is actually siding with the, the governor. And the mayor is siding with them, so he they kind of kicked up to the curb. Exactly. I, I don't have an answer like, for you. I think you said. Um, I think you said that at one point uh, De Blasio was saying that we that he would not mandate it, 
and then all of a sudden he flip flops and yeah. said to his men. And that's the same thing that Michael Mogul, who's the president of UFT, he said, oh, no, we won't uh, mandate it for teachers. It'll be optional, and we'll have them test weekly. And then all of a sudden they said, oh, no, you got to do it or you lose your job. Right. So, you know, like, like you Surprise. said, it's not an overnight uh, thing, so I understand that. Yeah, I think that that might be a question maybe um, for an attorney as far as what rights you would have as far as, you know, getting uh, another sort of job during this time. I'm not sure, um, like John, but, but I would try to reach out to um, maybe an attorney with Children's Health Defense. Um, Trisha Lindsay is also a civil rights attorney um, within New York State. Uh, Kevin Berry and, and Jim Mermigas are also um, attorneys in, in New York, and they've been doing really wonderful work um, for, for helping with, with people during this time. And, and I would also okay. suggest you you contact New York Teachers for Choice, and it's got teachersforchoice.org is their website. They're a group of DOE teachers who have been fighting this for a while. I think they might be able to give you some guidance on the question about the employment. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you. Okay, uh, certainly this uh, time has gone by really quick, and certainly we've gained a lot of information, and certainly we're thankful for our callers, all those that commented. Um, we thank you, uh, John and uh, Kate, for sharing with us and um, your own stories. Um, and so I'm going to give you both an opportunity to, before we conclude today's episode, uh, once again, our number is Studio 619-924-0800. Uh, before we conclude, to just give your contact information, because there's many people out there listening, and they need to unite. And I think the thing here is um, that we all you need to uh, unite, because uh, there's so many things that are at stake, our basic freedoms, our religious freedom, our financial freedom, our political freedom, and, you know, slowly our rights are being taken away from us, um, even our rights uh, to assemble uh, as religious organizations. And we know that right. uh, that's a whole, that's a whole nother story. Uh, <laughs> a whole nother story for a whole nother yeah. day. But um, certainly I'm going to let you all conclude in your own way and give your contact information and, you know, say whatever you didn't get a chance to say uh, as pertaining to the questions. And we didn't get through all the questions, but you know how that goes. Sure. I'll go first, Kate. Uh, sure, definitely. Uh, so my name is Kate Corrigan, and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My account name is I M and then C A I T C O R R I G A N. I also have a Telegram channel, and that's just my name, Kate Corrigan. And the web, my website is studentsagainstmandates.com. And I post lots of information there about religious exemptions and a lot on my Instagram uh, uh, as well. So I just want to say that for everyone that's, that's listening today, I know this time is very uh, scary, um, but I, I strongly believe that we are the majority. We've just been uh, very silent, um, but we're getting loud and we will continue to um, keep fighting. I stand with everyone who um, has either already lost their, their job or, um, perhaps may lose it over over the mandate, but but I, I see the light. Um, the light is here, and and just keep speaking the truth. Thank you so much for everyone who's standing up. I really appreciate it. Okay, 
And uh, my name is John Gilmore. That's J-O-H-N-G-I-L-M-O-R-E. You can find me on Facebook. Um, and I work with childrenshealthdefense.org, and you can find the website there. And I also work with the autismactionnetwork.org. That's all one word. And you can find us on the web, and you can find us on um, Facebook as well. Sounds like Kate has a lot more social media than I do, but she's a lot younger as well. So thank you very much, Reverend. <laughs> well, listen, as long, as long as, you know, we get the message out there, how we get it out. I think I had another call. I just want to make sure I don't close without um, call, caller. Did you call her? Caller? Okay. All right, so we didn't. So, again, um, I thank you all for sharing. Um, someone did mention the fact that um, in previous years that um, uh, young people did have um, reactions to some of those vaccines 20, 30 years ago. Some of them even resulted in death. Um, so we do uh, need to be cautious and uh, be mindful. And certainly at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for yourself. If you have to take a political stand, if you have to take a religious stand, if you have to take a financial stand, uh, do that. Call her. Call her. Yes, good afternoon. Hello, yes, good afternoon. Yes. I served as a uh, first responder in the state of New York uh, on last year. I still have my certification. Um, but there was one point of time where, you know, you brought up before uh, the rights of humans. There, there was one point in time where um, there were people that were not even given a right to live or the right to be resuscitated. They had, uh, to an extent, mandated a DNR order. And uh, it's not conspiracy. It's it, it's a real thing. <laughs> and then yes, al- also there's a, there's a large core volume of people. Um, they actually hired EMS workers solely for quote unquote vaccination sites because of the rate of people that were having negative effects oh from the God. shots immediately. Mm-hmm. Just to throw that out there. Well, there, there's a, an incredibly high rate of injuries associated with this shot. There, there's a program called the federal program called the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. It's supposed to keep mm-hmm. track of injuries from vaccines, and it's been around for 30 years. And there has been more injuries and deaths reported with a COVID shot in the last since December than for all the other shots put together for the entire 30 years that this program has been around. So, and the fact that they have EMS workers dedicated to it should tell us something. Wow. At the end of the day, it's all about depopulation. Unfortunately. Although these, um, Adverse reactions. Open Bayer's uh, reports the adverse reactions, um, and there's a Harvard Pilgrim study that says that only one percent of severe adverse reactions are reported to that system. And so right now, there's over 17,000 um, people who have died from the COVID-19 vaccine. And if you take that study, um, that says that only one percent are uh, reported, 
uh, the study from Harvard Pilgrim says that if you are to multiply that number by 99, you'll have a more accurate number of how many people have died from the vaccine. So if you take 17,000 people and you multiply that by 99, that's what the Harvard Pilgrim study says is, would be the more accurate number of deaths to the, to the COVID-19 vaccine. Wow. Well, again, thank you uh, for sharing with us. Uh, thank you, John Gilmore. Thank you, uh, Kate Cor- Corrigan. Thank you, callers. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, everybody. Remember to educate yourselves uh, on the subject matter uh, as we uh, continue to go through life. And, you know, don't be so quick to jump on the defense, as you said earlier, uh, to separate from friends, to separate from family, uh, because certainly we need each other's love and support, and we should be more supporting and loving uh, of each other and respect other people's uh, choices and opinions. And let's not all have a panic attack in the midst of this pandemic, because I think a lot of people um, have panicked and a lot of people have just taken things uh, too far and too extreme and just gone in a whole uh, different direction uh, in an unnecessary way. And certainly, um, It's just not good. Again, uh, we're on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and Google Play. For those of you that missed any segment immediately following this, you can go back and um, listen again. Uh, Again, I thank you, too, for sharing with us on today, for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, We'll have to come back and do this again because there's certainly there's a lot of stones that we left uh, unturned. Uh, And this story is still being written, and I'm sure that after Tuesday, there will be another chapter in this story, uh, hopefully uh, for better. Again, thank you, and God bless you. Uh, Remember, uh, you've been listening to Global Gospel. I'm your host, Reverend Lamar Townsend, and I think we covered uh, everything uh, that we could in this uh, amount of time. Uh, Remember, as we leave, we pray God's blessings on uh, you, John Gilmore, uh, you, Kate Corrigan, continue to take a stand, continue to uh, stand up for what you believe in, continue to stand up uh, for the rights of yourselves, your others, and for future generations. God bless you all. Uh, We're going to conclude with standing in the need of a blessing, and I think we all are standing in the need of a blessing. God bless you. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.